and welcome to the World Vegan Travel Podcast, where we take a mindful look at the world through a vegan lens. I'm Bridie, one of the founders of World Vegan Travel Tours. Our aim is to offer inspiration and practical guidance for those seeking to navigate the world as a vegan. Throughout our episodes, we bring you a variety of perspectives, sharing not only our personal vegan travel experiences, but also highlighting the journeys of others. We engage in conversations with individuals and organizations committed to advancing veganism and advocating for the rights of all beings, human and non-human alike, in travel destinations worldwide. So get ready for a source of inspiration as we delve into the realm of vegan travel. Join us on this journey and let's explore the possibilities of your own vegan travel adventure together. Let's jump right in. Before we delve into our topic for today, let me paint a picture of why we're so excited about what's going to be shared in today's, which is part one, and next week's part two episodes. So a few days ago, like literally as I'm recording this, like two days ago, we wrapped up our second vegan group tour to the enchanting land of Thailand. And let me tell you, it was nothing short of spectacular. We had the pleasure of traveling with a fantastic group of 19 individuals and the entire experience was seamless and so much fun. We had a diverse mix of past travellers, friends of past travellers and some who joined us for the very first time and everyone, including Seb and I, had a blast. The camaraderie was infectious and the trip left a lasting impression on all of us. For Seb and I, we were so happy to be back in Thailand after our abrupt departure in 2020 and to share our love for this wonderful place with our travellers. Also, our travellers who had never travelled to Asia before had experienced group travel, luxury group travel or luxury vegan group travels. According to their reports, they had an absolute blast. So why are we sharing with you today very specific information and recommendations and favorites about this trip that we just completed? Well, it's twofold. Firstly, we want to give you a glimpse into the incredible experiences we had in Thailand. Think of this as a taste of the adventure that awaits you if you decide to join us on your next expedition in 2025. That's probably when we're going to be running our next Thailand trip. And secondly, even if you're not planning to travel with us to Thailand, we thought it would be valuable to share our favourites from the trip under some different categories. So whether you're considering joining us in 2025 or embarking on your own solo journey to Thailand, travelling independently, for example, these favourites could be the inspiration you've been looking for to encourage you to go to Thailand and maybe you will like some of these recommendations and you will want to include them into your itinerary as well. So stick around as we share our Thailand favorites. It's going to be a lot of fun. So over the next two episodes, we're diving deep into our recent Thai vegan group adventure and we're going to be revealing two favorites from each of the following categories and it's going to be spread out over two episodes. So This episode, we're going to be talking about our two favorite Thai dishes, some of which you might not be familiar with. Then we're going to be sharing two of our favorite sanctuaries. These are not just places, but these havens left a lasting impact on our travelers and ourselves. And you can also experience these sanctuaries as well if you go to Thailand. And finally, this episode, we're going to be sharing two of our favorite accommodations. We're spilling the details on 
our two favorite, maybe the most unique accommodations that we experienced on this trip, which of course you can check out. You can book yourselves or you can join us in 2025. And then next week, we're gonna be looking at our favorite vegan restaurants. We're gonna showcase those restaurants that really stood out to our travelers. We're gonna share two vegan focused activities that our travelers really loved. And then we're gonna share two non-specifically vegan activities. Of course, we made them vegan, but they're not like vegan per se, and you could easily tweak them as well to make them vegan. So the first three of these categories are going to be talked about in this episode, and the final three are going to be talked about in next episode. Let's start straight away by sharing two of our favorite Thai dishes that added a unique flair to our dining experience. Now, I'm sure many of you have eaten Thai food before, but I would be very surprised if you had ever had at your local Thai takeaway, even a really good Thai restaurant in a big city in North America. That is Thai winged bean salad or yam tua pu, which is its Thai name. Winged beans are kind of interesting they've got a really interesting shape these are tropical legumes that are native to southeast asia and the wing comes from the four wing-like protrusions along their length creating a distinctive appearance and when you slice them you kind of have like these little protrusions coming off of the bean and the beans themselves are very glossy and green and beautiful and really really crunchy so this is the basis of the winged bean salad. So as I mentioned, winged beans are prized for their crispiness and nutty flavor and they add a really great crunch to salads. And of course, Thai winged bean salad is a salad. And Thai winged bean salad is basically mixed with these incredibly beautiful and fragrant fresh herbs, cherry tomatoes, some chili, peanuts, and a zesty dressing, creating a well-balanced mix that just showcases the intricacies of Thai cuisine and flavors. The texture of this salad was so, so good. Of course, I've had it many, many times, and it's not usually vegan when you get it off a regular menu. Usually the non-vegan version will have some mushed up boiled eggs in there. Don't ask me why. Also some fish sauce as well. But of course we made it vegan for our travelers and it didn't matter. You didn't need those two ingredients because it was just so flavorful. Our travelers, many who are experiencing this for the first time, were simply amazed by the unique combination of textures and tastes. So our second culinary gem which I think is probably like Thailand's national dessert is something that maybe you have had but I would be prepared to bet a lot of money that if you have had it in your hometown or the city close to where you live it's not gonna be nearly the same it's mango sticky rice or cow neo mamuang in Thai so mango sticky rice is deceptively simple but incredibly satisfying dessert and like super, super filling. And it consists of glutinous or sticky rice, which has been kind of like cooked in coconut milk, which is also very sweetened. And then of course, the real thing that just sets it apart from any mango sticky rice you might have in North America is the ripe mango slices. Honestly, if you have not had mango in Thailand or Southeast Asia, you are missing out 
because there is nothing quite like it. A perfectly ripe mango at the peak of the season is incredible. So you've got your sticky rice and you've got your mango slices and a luscious coconut sauce. And in some places you might even opt for a scoop of coconut ice cream. However, you really do need to check this because even though it's coconut ice cream, some of them do contain dairy. So we indulged in mango sticky rice several times over the course of our trip. And I would say there were two standouts. One was the mango sticky rice at the start of our trip on day two, at the end of what we called our one night in Bangkok adventure. And it was a street stall that was very, very famous for serving this. And the combination of the perfectly ripe mango, chewy sticky rice and creamy coconut sauce was chef's kiss, spectacular, amazing. We also learnt how to make mango sticky rice during our vegan cooking class in Chiang Mai. So we learnt the traditional version, but we also were really excited to see sticky rice that had been made blue with the dye from butterfly pea. So butterfly pea is a flower and when it is infused in water, it makes this incredible blue colored water. And I guess this was how this sticky rice was made, which gave the sticky rice this absolutely beautiful blue color that just contrasted with the yellow of the mango. Oh my goodness, it was really, really incredible and something really rather special, we thought. So those are our two favorite Thai dishes. So let's shift our focus to another aspect of our Thai adventure, and that is two incredible animal sanctuaries that left a profound impact on all of us. So our first one that I really would like to talk about and actually is one that maybe you have heard of before and that is Soy Dogs in Phuket and it's a remarkable sanctuary. So Soy Dogs is an organization dedicated to improving the lives of street dogs and cats in Thailand and this sanctuary serves as a safe haven for animals rescued from neglect, abuse and those that are suffering from medical emergencies. Witnessing their work firsthand during our tour with Chrissy, one of the staff members there, was really, really special. The staff and the volunteers demonstrate unwavering dedication to rehabilitating and caring for these animals, making street dogs uh, adoptable and spaying and neutering. It's really quite incredible. And the facilities there are amazing. It's an incredibly well-funded rescue organization. And like I said, the runs for the dogs and the cats for that matter are amazing. There is a dog walking area and a lake. And it was hard to believe that there were 1,400 dogs living here and zero dog smell. It was just amazing. I don't know how they do it, but it was just a delight to see. Soy Dogs isn't just a sanctuary, it's a beacon of hope that has significantly improved the situation for street dogs and cats in Thailand, for street dogs and cats in Phuket and throughout Thailand since its inception. So if you find yourself in Phuket, a visit to Soy Dogs is highly recommended. It offers you a chance to witness the transformative power of compassion and contribute to the well-being of these incredible beings. And not only can you just visit the center, I guess you can pay to have a visit or a tour, but you can also volunteer 
and they are really desperate for volunteers to help walk the dogs, to help socialize them. And another thing that you can do is become a flight volunteer, which essentially means escorting adopted dogs and cats to their forever homes overseas. So there are some really great opportunities for travelers in Phuket. Beyond the sanctuary's wall, Soy Dogs extends its impact through initiatives like Trap, Neuter, Vaccinate and Return programs for community dogs. Community dogs are quite well looked after in terms of that they are fed and watched over by the community. And this program promotes a sustainable and humane approach to animal welfare, controlling the population of stray dogs by trap neutering and vaccinating and returning them and keeping them healthy. They also keep an eye out for dogs with non-urgent condition, like for example, mange, and then they treat them in the community as well. The sanctuary also houses an emergency clinic and actively facilitates adoptions. So if you want to have a dog or a cat uh, from Thailand, you can adopt one and you don't even need to go to Thailand. Well, you can if you want, but you can have a flight volunteer that will bring the animal to you. All you need to do is pay for the shipping. So it's pretty awesome. On top of all of this amazing work that Soy Dogs is doing, Soy Dogs has played a pivotal role in stamping out the dog meat export trade in Thailand, collaborating with the police and helping to arrest those breaking the law. So this is really exciting. Prior to Soy Dogs getting so involved, dogs were kidnapped, taken from the streets and transported in absolutely horrific destinations to places like Vietnam. So the fact that this has been pretty much stamped out is amazing. During our visit, the lovely Chrissy, who coincidentally happened to be a passionate vegan, Soy Dogs isn't a vegan organization, but two of the people that we spoke to there were vegan, and Chrissy showed us around the facility. We had the privilege of playing and interacting with some of the friendlier cats and dogs, ones that are more socialized, witnessing firsthand the love and care that these animals receive. I am so hoping to get Chrissy or one of her colleagues on the podcast soon, completely dedicated to soy dogs. Watch this space. So our next stop of Animal Sanctuaries brings us to the Gibbon Rehabilitation Project in Phuket, an eye-opening experience that sheds light on the challenges faced by these incredible primates, these primates that are native to Thailand. So the Gibbon Rehabilitation Project was started maybe 30 years ago and you can go and visit this by basically just dropping in or you can also book um, more of a tour or even a little scientific visit as well. And the Gibbon Rehabilitation Project is dedicated to rescuing and rehabilitating gibbons that have been exploited through the illegal pet trade, kept in captivity, and that are even more alarming are little baby gibbons that have been taken from their mothers and they are used as photo props for tourists that pay for them. This is extremely, extremely upsetting and education is definitely needed here to stop people paying for photographs of 
them and baby gibbons. Gibbons are often subjected to cruel treatment and terrible diets and all sorts of things and this sanctuary strives to provide a haven for their recovery. So it's pretty awesome the work that they're doing here. So during our one hour guided visit and you also can have a one hour guided visit it just so happens that the Gibbon Rehabilitation Project is located just at the entrance of a national park. Um, So we delved into the world of gibbon exploitation and the hurdles associated with rehabilitating these primates for eventual release into the wild. We learned that it is not easy to rehabilitate primates and release them into the wild. It's incredibly hard. Our guy, Tan, shared insights into the challenges faced by gibbons. He talked about like the importance of conservation efforts and the education that needs to happen to stop the use of these animals, particularly those used as photo props in the tourism industry. So when the Gibbon Rehabilitation Project receives a gibbon, it takes about five years to get them back into their natural habitat. So they help them with their physical recovery and also help address the psychological and emotional toll of captivity and teaches them to be wild like I said it can take up to five years and some of them can never be re-released into the wild it's extremely sad the Gibbon Rehabilitation Project are the first organization in the world that is doing this work so they have basically written a handbook on this and they have tried so many things and it is really hard the fact that they are still doing it 30 years later is pretty amazing. So that is our two sanctuaries done. And we want to share with you now our two favorite accommodations from our Thai adventure. So let's delve into our jungle house in Kausok and Sala Phuket in the north of Phuket Island. Both of them have a unique perspective on luxury and nature. Okay. So our jungle house, our jungle house was, I think, one of the first tree house slash resorts in Kausok or just outside Kausok rainforest in the south of Thailand. In our opinion, even though there are many other resorts and tree house kind of setups in Kausok, this one is still the best. It blends seamlessly with nature. The accommodations may not boost the usual luxury that our travelers might be used to, but they are enchanting tree houses and our jungle house has a special place in our hearts, particularly my heart as well, because I have been coming to this place for 22 years. I originally came here when I was traveling with groups with Intrepid. I would start in Bangkok and go through Khao Sok on my way down to Singapore, and then I would do the trip in reverse as well. So I really wanted our travelers to experience this unique charm too. So waking up in the forest is something really special because it's so quiet. There's no roads. You can't hear anything. You might hear some cicadas depending on the time of the day. You hear the water in the river, the sounds of monkeys high in the trees. And our jungle house offers an immersive experience. It really is such a wonderful place that provides tranquility and a connection with nature that is so, so special. And the setting is amazing. So like I said, most of the accommodation are tree houses and you're surrounded by these incredibly tall rainforest trees, very close to the river Sok and 
just on the other side of the river there you have these incredible limestone cliffs limestone casts which is part of an ancient coral reef something that we did back in 2017 and we did again in 2023 was we arrived at the hotel by tubing down the river so we got out of the minivans in Kalsok village and the wonderful staff at our jungle house met us by the bridge and our travelers sat in inner tubes and just floated down until they reached our jungle house and it really did set the tone for our amazing one night stay here so if you ever find yourself seeking a haven in the midst of the rainforest our jungle house is our firm recommendation despite our short stay less than 24 hours honestly you could spend at least four nights there there's so much to do and see but despite our short stay we managed to do all our laundry very important embark on a night safari where our group saw a slow loris which is the world's only poisonous mammal yes you heard that right a poisonous mammal we tubed to the resort we had two delicious meals and we canoed down the sock river which i'm going to talk about in the next episode so when you have some of seb's logistical superpowers you can do a lot in less than 24 hours and i do think that our travelers will say that their time in cow sock was a highlight so let's move on to a very different type of accommodation. So after Khao Sok, our journey led us to Sala Phuket, which is a haven of luxury on the north of Phuket Island, just a little bit north of the airport and nestled along the wide stretches of the Andaman Sea on my Khao Beach. One standout feature that really delighted our travellers was the individual pools that came with each villa. So it meant that each of our travellers or our couple or friends that were traveling together had their own private oasis surrounded by the lush beauty of Sala Phuket surrounding and the pool was so 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 needed because it was really really hot. So the beachfront at Sala Phuket is breathtaking and it's so so different to other resorts along that stretch of beach because the beachfront that it has it's like so, so, so wide when you compare it to like the JW Marriott or some other ones there. The beach itself is lovely. There's this incredible big lawn that you can stroll on. You could contemplate. You can have beach massages. And this is what we did as well. We booked Thai kickboxing lessons for the travelers that wanted it. And of course, the Andaman Sea stretches as far as the eye can see and the sun sets over it from here. The decor at Sala Phuket is like contemporary, elegant, but also has some traditional Thai influences. Our dining experiences were equally exceptional. We savoured delicious vegan meals in different spaces for each evening and each setting was more stunning than last. Our final night was an incredibly beautiful setup where we were right next to the beach surrounded by fairy lights. It was really magical. I would say that the sunsets were a highlight on our first night at Sala Phuket. We had an absolute stunning sunset. I've put a picture in the show notes here, like the different ways we experienced this resort and the carefully curated setups by the wonderful Nyung, who is in charge of events at Sala Phuket. It really did create a 
lovely atmosphere. Our stay at Sala Phuket was an immersion into the world of luxury, beauty and incredible service with a commendable effort in catering to vegan preferences. There are a few vegan options there on the menu already but of course we wanted to next level it and Sala Phuket left an indelible mark on our Thai adventure So if you're seeking a retreat that combines opulence with natural splendor, then Sala Phuket is a must experience destination. Our travelers were so happy that they had four whole nights here. It was simply wonderful. This was a very quick episode. Unlike most of our episodes that are usually much, much longer, we've gone through part A of our favorites from our recent Thai trip. Join us next week for part two of this episode where we'll dive into more facets of this incredible trip that we did. We're going to be talking about our favorite restaurants, our favorite vegan restaurants, our favorite vegan focused activities, and two non-specifically vegan activities. So they weren't vegan focused and they wouldn't always be vegan, but we tweaked them, made them vegan. And honestly, they were so much fun. So make sure you are ready for next week's episode as we continue unraveling the treasures of our vegan journey through Thailand. Until then, keep exploring, stay inspired and travel vegan. If you'd like to learn more about World Vegan Travel and our content, visit our website at wellvegantravel.com. For a deeper dive into the content of this episode, explore the show notes. Thank you for being with us. Consider subscribing, leaving a review, and we look forward to having you join us in the next episode. Mm-hmm.